is The World in Brief from The Economist. Our top stories. The death toll from a Russian missile strike on an apartment building in Dnipro, a Ukrainian city, climbed to 40, according to local officials. The strike prompted Western pledges of more heavy weapons for the embattled country. Meanwhile, Belarus and Russia began, quote, purely defensive joint air force drills on Monday, raising Ukraine's fear that the Kremlin plans to launch a new ground offensive from Belarus. White House officials said that visitor logs tracking guests to President Joe Biden's home in Delaware do not exist. The Republican chairman of America's House Oversight Committee, a congressional investigative body, had earlier demanded to see such logs after classified documents were revealed to have been found there. Republicans accused Democrats, who have insisted that Donald Trump should be prosecuted for mishandling sensitive papers, of hypocrisy. Christine Lambrecht, Germany's defence minister, announced her resignation after much criticism over a message she posted on social media on New Year's Eve. In a video, shot with fireworks in the background, she said for her, the war in Ukraine was associated with, quote, many encounters with interesting, great people. Ms. Lambrecht, a member of the ruling Social Democratic Party, is also blamed for mismanaging army reforms. Britain's government announced it will block a controversial Scottish law that streamlines the process for people in Scotland to change their legal gender. The move marks the first time Britain has overruled legislation passed by the Scottish Parliament, which it can do if Scottish laws conflict with powers reserved for Westminster. Scottish nationalists swiftly criticised the decision, though the gender law is divisive in Scotland too. Matteo Messina Denaro, a notorious Italian mafia boss, has been arrested after 30 years on the run. Mr Denaro was sentenced to a life sentence in absentia for several murders, including the killing of two prominent anti-mafia prosecutors. Giovanni Falcone and Paolo Borsellino in 1992. Giorgia Maloney, Italy's Prime Minister, called his arrest, quote, a great victory for the state. Police in Nepal said it is, quote, unlikely that anyone survived after an aeroplane crashed near the town of Pokhara. There were 72 people on board and 69 people have been confirmed dead so far. It is thought to be the country's deadliest air crash since 1992. The EU has banned Nepali airlines from its airspace since 2013 because of safety concerns. Real estate transactions in Dubai were worth more than a record $143 billion in 2022, as the total number of units sold increased by over 60%, according to Better Homes, a local consultancy. The surge was fueled in part by Russian interest. Facing Western sanctions, they were last year the Emirates' biggest foreign buyers, up from its eighth largest in 2021. Real estate accounts for about a third of Dubai's economy. And fact of the day, 72, the number of journalists detained in the Arab world in 2021. 
And now, here's a deeper look at the day ahead. Belarusian Democracy on Trial On Tuesday, a show trial of Svetlana Tikhanovskaya and four other democracy activists begins in Belarus. But Ms. Tikhanovskaya, the leader of the country's opposition who challenged its president of 28 years, Alexander Lukashenko, in sham elections in 2020, will not be present. She fled the country soon after the polls and has been on the run ever since. This week, she is in Davos at the World Economic Forum to speak about economic revival in a democratic Belarus. Concern over Belarus's domestic repression has been largely superseded by condemnation of its support for Russia's invasion of Ukraine, but that repression has escalated since the election. Hundreds of civil society groups have been closed down. Some 1,500 dissenters have been locked away. Earlier in January, Alice Bialyatsky, a human rights activist and winner of the Nobel Peace Prize, was tried in Minsk, the capital, on charges of financing protests. Ms. Tikhanovskaya's own litany of sins supposedly includes treason and rioting. She has called her trial in absentia a, quote, disgrace. She will probably be found guilty. Britain's Tight Labor Market Britain's inflation figures for December, published on Wednesday, will most likely show that price pressures are easing, partly due to declining energy prices. Perhaps more important for the Bank of England's future decisions on interest rates, however, will be the labor market figures for the three months to November, published on Tuesday. Despite a slowing economy, there is little sign of rising unemployment in Britain. Such a tight labor market worries the bank. A specific concern is rising levels of economic inactivity. A large number of workers left the labor market during the pandemic, mainly older ones. To lure them back, Britain's Treasury reportedly even briefly considered offering tax breaks to the over-50s to make the office look a bit more attractive compared with early retirement. An increase in the number of workers seeking jobs would be a far less painful way to create some labor market slack than using higher interest rates to dampen demand. Two inquiries into a South Korean tragedy close. South Korea's parliamentary probe into the events of October 29, 2022, when 159 people were killed in a crush in Seoul, wraps up on Tuesday it is unlikely to bring solace to the victims' families. Representatives were supposed to investigate why Halloween revelers were allowed to pack into the narrow alleyways of Itaewon, a popular partying destination, until the sheer mass of bodies turned deadly. Instead, they have been diverted by politicking, self-serving recriminations and testy exchanges. A separate police inquiry that concluded on January 13th referred 23 people for prosecution. But blame was not extended beyond local functionaries to the national government, despite a feeling that it should take responsibility. This is the second tragedy of neglect to befall young South Koreans in recent years. In 2014, a ferry sank off the country's southwest coast, killing over 300 people, most of them schoolchildren. That catastrophe contributed to the president's eventual ousting. The families of the victims in Seoul and the public will probably continue to push for answers. Elon Musk's Tweeting on Trial Long before his $44 billion impulse bid for Twitter, Elon Musk was paying for his intemperate use of the social media platform. One tweet in particular has cost him dearly. 
quote, am considering taking Tesla private at $420 a share, funding secured, wrote Mr. Musk falsely in August 2018. The share price of his electric car company, well below that level at the time, duly soared. But no such deal was remotely at hand. America's Securities and Exchange Commission promptly sued him for fraud, which Mr. Musk settled, incurring a $20 million penalty. On Tuesday, a separate securities fraud lawsuit goes on trial in San Francisco. The Tesla investors bringing the case to court allege that Mr. Musk's reckless statement cost them billions of dollars. Mr. Musk denies the charge. Ironically, in surveys, people say firms whose bosses use social media are much more trustworthy than those who avoid it. Mr. Musk seems to be an exception. The SEC now requires that all his Tesla-related tweets be vetted by a lawyer for the firm, the so-called, quote, Twitter-sitter. A musical pioneer reckons with mortality. Ryuchi Sakamoto, a Japanese composer, releases 12 on Tuesday, his 71st birthday. He penned the album's dozen musical sketches as he recovered from his second battle with cancer. The album seems a distant, stripped-down relative of the jaunty synth-pop that Mr. Sakamoto produced as part of Yellow Magic Orchestra, a pioneering electronic music outfit. Yukihiro Takahashi, another member of the group, died last week. Dark synthesizer drones pair with wandering piano solos. Sparse chords ring out and are left to fade unaccompanied. A seeming meditation on mortality and what persists and what must decay. The track's titles are simply the dates they were composed, the exception being a mid-album sarabande, or triple-meter dance. This intimate, unnerving sound diary hints at the composer's evolving moods and physical condition. His frail, labored breathing can often be heard clearly, so too can birdsong. These imperfections, Mr. Sakamoto says, were left intentionally on the recordings, reminders that even as breaths grow short, life dutifully carries on. Daily Quiz Our baristas will serve you a new question each day this week. On Friday, your challenge is to give us all five answers and, as important, tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 1700 hours GMT on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Saturday. Tuesday. Which English comedian played the almost silent character Mr. Bean? Monday. Which band performed the 1976 hit Play That Funky Music? Finally, here's the quote of the day from Catherine Booth, who was born on this day in 1829. If we are to better the future, we must disturb the present. That's the World in Brief from The Economist, available three times every day of the week. You can also hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, on your podcast app. And subscribers to The Economist have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app to start listening.